May you not miss your day of visitation. In the name of Jesus Christ. This night I want to add a little to what was said that day. As much as I can remember. And then we'll, we'll go on very short teaching this night. And then we go on. Don't let this hour pass you by without you registering something that you can live by and something you can point to later in life that had an encounter on so-and-so period of time. Hallelujah. Glory. Please have your seats. He is worthy of praise. Hallelujah. Can we have that, that scripture on again? Let me pick it from there. Can we read that together? We must tell you about the grace. Go ahead. So much was said about this verse in particular. Told you the principle. There is always the principle and there is obedience. There's always an instruction and there's obedience. If the instruction is not obeyed, it does not matter how much you will to have what you see. The obedience to instruction is what produces what you are looking for. I met one young man yesterday. Um, yeah, yesterday we, we had to go somewhere and we were coming back to the house through the atomic road down to our village and we stopped to buy maize. And I encountered one young man there. He requested for my number, I gave it to him and then he called me today we were talking and then he said nobody has ever seen anyone carrying ladder by which he sends the offerings and tithes and sacrifices that passes demand from people to heaven. Now, as soon as you hear somebody like this, you have seen a man whose mind has been polluted by some man of God from somewhere. Very, very simplistic argument. Nobody has ever seen anyone carrying umbrella, what do you call it? Ladder. That he put ladder here. He said that these are the offerings that people brought their sacrifices. 
I'm sending it away to God. That God doesn't receive anything. It is the pastors who receive. I asked him, do you have a Bible? He said, yes. Do you know Solomon? The Bible says he loved the Lord and he sacrificed unto him. What did God do? He said, God was happy. Did you see the cows running to that place? He said, no. So why was God happy? And the reason why we must be properly equipped that we live in a world where people know what the truth is but won't admit and accept it because they are afraid to practice the truth. So you have to be well informed, properly what? Informed. And then he said, I know that you are a man of God, proper one. Can I have time to talk with us? I said, I will show you where I worship. When you come, we'll talk. The network in our place is very unfriendly, so I think they got offended. And I couldn't hear him again. <laughs> no matter how much I didn't hear him, but there's something that I want to point out. Nobody has ever seen any pastor with a ladder that reaches in, unto heaven carrying the offerings and the tithes and the sacrifices of the people to God. So who receives them if God doesn't? If God doesn't need anybody's money. The man had been given some information that is bound to destroy him, but his eyes are closed. He can't see. His mind is closed. He can't think. His ears are blocked. He cannot hear. Now, you may not have that same simple reaction to the issue of giving, but you may entertain something close to it that share the same spirit with what that fellow shares. When you bring your tithe, you say, Pastor, you receive the thing and put it inside a basket. Then the devil tells you, it's not God that is taking it. You see, if you can't understand your relationship with God, when it comes to the area of giving, you will miss out of it. Now, he has a little plot over there. He, he makes cement, how do you call it, uh, blocks. And he was woefully lamenting to me that the big men in the country don't help those who are coming up. You are dry. You are favor dry. He's what? Favor dry. Anyone who does not know how to give is favor dry. There's no aroma around you that goes out to compare someone to be a blessing to you. There must be an aroma that is oozing out of you to make people minister to your life. And one major way to go by it is giving. And giving is not knowledge. Giving is practice. You have to be one of the fools in life to accept what God is saying. But that man did not see God receiving the things. And that's the way many people in church also do not see God receiving. So they reject and they don't want to get involved in it. This week is a crucial week for you. It is, it is a moment that some little insight will turn your situation around. Hallelujah. How many of you know that God loves you? Hmm. Are you very sure? 
is kind of love is not a vague one that sometimes we express to the opposite sex. I love you, I love you. I love you like I've never loved before. You know, when the men are talking like that, when they talk like that, I can die for you. When they are talking, you know what they say? Me can't quite lie. He come, he comes with a load of lies to spew those ones on you as a lady. And then the ladies also, there are some of them who are from the background that I came from, very poor. But they need fake life. So they meet fake men. So fake woman, fake man, they marry, it's a fake marriage. Fake children, everything fake. What will turn you around is your proper insight in God's word and your willingness to do what God says you should do. It is not appealing. It is not palatable. Indeed, men will not approve of what you want to do, but it is between you and your God. That is why when you want to take certain steps, you don't tell people about that step you are taking. When it comes to giving, you don't consult. I want to give this the church, is it wise? The person will ask you how much have you given to your family? Don't you have children? Are they not in school? What about their school fees? When was the last time you were able to help your wife do something? Are you not renting a house? Can't you build your own? I've told you before, if they give the entire income of Ghana, the revenue of Ghana to you, you will still be in luck without God. No matter how much comes your way, the demands around you are so huge. If the richer you get, the more friends you have. And the more relatives you begin to discover. Those that you never knew will now appear. I'm your cousin. My father's brother's son's if this is you with that kind of description, you are confused. Say, cousin, <laughs> I'm one that curses. That's a meaning. So we are talking about a very simple truth that takes us away from darkness and puts that into light when it comes to the area of prosperity. So I like you to be a fool and accept whatever comes to you and go ahead and do it. Amen. Now, let's go on to Deuteronomy chapter 28 from verse 1 to 3, the Amplified Version. You know, let me make a confession to you. I didn't know that um, the Passion is only Old Testament, I mean, sorry, New Testament and some little portion of... Uh, uh, so I asked my wife, do you have Passion on your phone? Can you check this one for me on Passion? She said, it is not Old Testament. I said, eh, uh, this Passion is actually dispassionate. Yeah, can we have that one? 28. If you will do what? Let's read it together. If you will do what? Then. Stop, don't go further. We'll continue. 
if you will listen diligently, it, is, it has gone beyond the hearing of the ear. If you will listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do all his commandments, not the Ten Commandments, his commandment concerning certain issues of your life, the prescriptions that we are given concerning prosperity, they are the commandments of God concerning prosperity. If you will be diligent enough to listen and to do, willfully, it says be watchful to do. Why? Because the obstructions, this, what do you call them? The obstructions are too much. The inhibitions are so huge. The blockages are so thick that you may listen to and it passes through one ear to the other. They are two. And then off it goes. So be watchful to do. Watching. This is not good counsel. Watching. I'm going to do this no matter how much it costs me. What pastor talked about on Tuesday and we read again tonight from 2 Corinthians 8. They first gave themselves to God and to the apostles. They first. They killed themselves of themselves. And placed their lives in the hands of God and his instruments. And they were willing in the midst of their, of their poverty that people didn't have the right words to describe it was real poverty. And yet they gave extravagantly. And they were begging them to receive. They didn't want to give to receive from them, but they were begging them. Take this from us. Take this from us. But you need this thing much more than we do. Take it from us. What are you going to eat in the evening? Take it from us. Why? They had caught a vision by this giving. By first giving their lives and their all to God and to the apostles. So it was nothing strange to give what they carried. If God can have you and I, then he can have whatever we have. Because when you have him, you have him with whatever he has and whatever he is. When you have God, you have him. You remember we said something, on, was it on Sunday or so? When he appears, he comes with everything. When God moves, he moves with his entirety, whatever he has. So when you stand in his presence, you are exposed to whatever God has. He doesn't keep anything from his people. Their secret was that they first gave themselves. God said, let me show you a secret here. If you will diligently hearken to my voice and not despise my saying, and now go ahead to watchfully do the things I instruct you to do, then I, God, I will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. No man can do that one. It's only God who can do it. That from a very poor background, you have no reference when it comes to issue of prosperity, you don't have any reference to make to anybody. And suddenly because you discovered God, 
and you yield yourself to him, and then you watch to do whatever he says in his word, he turns your situation around, and you become, what do you call on, a trailblazer? Yes. In your family. You begin a new dispensation in your family. A new dispensation. In your family. Praise God. In your life, you should be able to point to something that God used you to do in your family that nobody had ever done. That people make reference to you and say, we, you, you inspired us. You did what? You inspired us. Or you have shown us that we can prosper in spite of our background. Otherwise, you'll be singing the same old song. Same old song. Did Jakes saw that he was about to die the same way his father died? About the same age. He had put on so much weight and was dying. And he remembered that is how the father, the path that the father walked and he died. And he said, no way. I must be different. You have that in his book? And he chose the hard way. I love, I love my father, but I'm not going to go his way. I won't die like he did. I'm going to make a difference. He worked on himself, combining spiritual things with re-exercise in life. And then he beat that age. He went ahead. A friend of mine who has gone to be with the Lord about two and a half years ago, also was about to die the same age his father died. He had discussed that with me before and he said, for sure I'm not dying that age. I said, so be serious with God. Your father was a pastor, but he may not have seen the things that you are seeing now. So break through that one. But I'm back. I said, this methodism, suspend it for a while and go to radicalism and begin to bombard heaven and hell with knowledge Things that God has said. Set your eyes and your heart upon the things that are above. So he began to set it and began to make proclamations. He left Methodist Church and joined Living Faith Church, which is Winners Chapel International here, and became a pastor there before he passed on. He had gone beyond the age the father died, almost about um, three quarters of that age, added to his own. Interesting. So now their siblings also know that they cannot die the way their father died. He was a good man. Everybody in Omoa here and the present day Abia State talk about that man, Reverend Imba, a very good man. A very honest person. But he did not see some secrets to work with and he missed it. So whatever happened in your family years before you came in, there's something they didn't see what you are seeing now. You are seeing those things now. And you must break through it. Begin a page. And let the other ones become the savior of the ones behind you. By stupidly, stupidly, foolishly abiding by the things that God is saying and doing them. That is the price you've got to pay. 
listen and do. Go ahead. Now all these blessings, the blessings are going to come upon you and overtake you if you heed the voice of the Lord your God. But you see, there is where you are going to stand before the blessings will come. When you heed his voice and you do what he's saying, then he will lift you above all nations to a point where the enemy can no longer be an influence over your life. And then the blessings will follow you and overtake you. Can you imagine what it is? You are swimming in blessings. When you move, what blessings are waiting to welcome you? When you turn your back, they are there. He said, move, 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 move. Blessings, they push you so you don't longer have to come this way. You turn to your right, you are putting your line. Remain on course, remain on course, remain on course. And you are going. You are swallowed by blessings. Forward, backward, left, or right, center, everywhere. Blessings. They will come upon you and overtake you. Overtake you. When your blessings overtake you, they take you to the next town where you are going. Before you get there, they are there. The next school you have to attend before you get there, they are there. The next home you must enter before you get there, they are there already. The blessings are the ones that welcome you and they are the ones that order order your steps. A little price. Taking into the voice of God and doing that one willfully. How? Willfully. Go ahead. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field. Then the rest continue all the way to verse 14. Fantastic blessings that you can release upon your life daily. Daily. Because you have chosen. The first thing you did was to accept Christ. That's your first mistake. The first mistake that will make Satan remove from his list is that you accepted Christ. He can't do anything about you now. He can't do anything to you. He, know, he doesn't like the idea that you've gone there, but he doesn't know how to bring you back to himself. And then he cancels your name, I've lost this one. Satan lost you long ago. He cannot take you back. I've said that even when I backslide, Satan will not take me, he will receive me. He can no longer trust me. A man who has gone to taste the glories of God, even when he backslides, there will be some things knocking on his heart on a daily basis. And before you know, the grace of God comes in here and it turns around. Satan doesn't like such people. He cannot give you any appointment. You disappoint him. Condition. Willfully listening, hearkening, to what God has said and doing what he said you should be doing. Your case is not the worst and your file has not been closed yet. You are not in the worst situation. You are better than many. And as you keep on going, you become great. And they will begin to wonder how you get to where you are. It was by you deciding that I'm going to listen to what God is saying and I'm going to do what he says I should do. Don't listen to men. They always confuse you. There was a fellow who had the church under the trees and in the sun 
and uh, he said he spoke against sitting down on chairs. He spoke against enclosed area like this, you know, building churches. He, his name, he, he, that time they called him Judah or something. Judas or some, the one name like that. Jude. Sorry, if you are Jude here, don't be offended. But he was called Jude. And in those days in Kumasi, just around the Zongo, um, the police station, um, on your, your way to on your way to what in the area now the whole place has changed we used to have rubber rubber plantation stretching from South Centreso all the way to that runabout and it was quite shady now after staying in the sun preaching and condemning everything that the church was doing he now moved under the, the, he went to the plantation to have some shade. You, you understand this, um, what was the name of that prophet that ran away from God's instruction? Jonah's experience. He now went under the shade. If it is bad, why are you looking for shade now? And before long, we saw that he had some benches. This one, I saw it, nobody said they told me. I was, I was, I was growing up. I saw that one. But a Jude now had benches. And I left Kumasi. And I got to know that he had a place later where they were meeting. What about the condemnation that he had poured upon the existing churches that time? The many whose, whose heart he has already damaged. People that he has pushed out of the church. Just saying that we are spending money on houses and uh, buildings and chairs and all those things. Jude, his type, they are still present in our generation. They will always speak, and they are still speaking. I listened to Pastor Eastwood about, I don't know, about two days or so ago. When a pastor drives a car, you are angry. When you see a pastor, he says, he called Reverend Doctor, he says, you are angry. Which school did he attend? He attended the school of the work he's doing. When you go to university, come and lecture, they give you a doctor's degree. Uh, they ask you, say, I got it from Legon. They also got it from the church. It's all these guys that fast and pray. They stay in Atria for one month and the rest, and they are fasting and praying and receiving grace from God. When they come and they are doing things, all you can see is what they are, how they are living. You don't know the price they paid. It's a short clip that I saw somewhere. You will see that one, you'll, you'll be excited. I don't support people who are wayward. I don't believe in fake ministers, but I don't condemn people just because they didn't go to school. Which school did Amwakun attend? And look at the impact the man made before he left. And after he had left, many of them, his sons and daughters, are doing great work. If you don't know any of them, I'll point to Salif Amwakun, he's one of them. Many of them in this nation. The graduates are sitting under. The man didn't go to school, but he had proper understanding of what ministry is. Which up to I'm talking to you now, many men of God don't know the difference between their ministry and the church. But they fight for church. I'm privileged of God to have been taught this early in life by the Holy Ghost. To draw a line between your ministry 
and the church that came out of your ministry. If you carry me from here and put me in the Sahara, the ministry is inside me. That, that is where it is. The calling of God is inside me. It's not in any edifice. They don't have understanding. So now when a pastor is rising up in their ministry, they want to bring him down. So what is your impact? Simple understanding about things that God, the man didn't go to school. He was a robber. If you like a beater of people. That language you don't like it because it's not in your, has not gone through a level and a level. Those that criticize, there are many. Most of them are empty. They are what? They don't know anything. Just like that young man. He wants to see a ladder. So after Sunday service, the resident pastor will gather offering and climb the ladder to go and give to God. And then he comes back to wait for the next offering that comes in. And he climbs the ladder again and goes to God to give. <laughs> they can't understand the mystery that once you give, it evaporates to God. And what is left is meant for his work. You don't need to understand that one. There are things you can't understand when you try to understand. All you've got to do is to obey what God is saying. The path of prosperity is a path for those who are foolish, who choose to trust God no matter what. Job 22, from 21. What's the time there? Yeah. Acquaint, can you give it, give, amplify, that's amplified there. Eh? Acquaint now yourself with him, agree with God, and show yourself to be conformed, show yourself to be conformed to his will, and be at peace by that you shall prosper and great good shall come to you. Acquaint yourself. Get to know God by yourself. Agree with God that his word is pure and true. It's intended for your lifting. Don't doubt what God is saying. It doesn't matter who is speaking. They will tell you that the Bible was written by men. But when it comes to the things that concern their healing, they accept that it, God is a healer. That one was written by God. When it comes to what God is blessing them, and you pronounce that one, that blessing upon them, they shout, Amen. That one is written by God. But when it comes to responsibility, it was men that wrote. How can a fisherman write something and you say, I should, I should obey you? Now let's go on. So first, acquaint yourself. What is acquaint? What is the meaning of acquaint? Eh? Get to know God. Is it, is it, is it enough? Acquaint yourself. That is my acquaintance. Someone that you flow with. Someone that you know. And maybe he also knows you. Some relationship. Let there be a relationship between you and God. Get to know him. 
Knowing God is not an event. Knowing God is a process. So you cannot say I'm born again so I know God. No. You don't know him. You are knowing him. So Paul says that I may know him. At the point he was speaking, he was a leading figure in the faith. And yet he said that I may know him. I need to know him. He said, you, you will know, then shall you know if you go on to know. I'm speaking from Amos. Then shall we know if we continue to know that he is going forth. It's like the morning. So knowing God is not an event. I got born again, so I know God. No. I had an encounter with him. I saw him. But I don't know who he is. I don't know what he carries. I don't know what he does. I keep on knowing him as I follow his word. You won't know God and understand his issue of blessing his people until you place yourself on the altar of the Holy Ghost. Go ahead. No, 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 wait. Can we take this together? My time is almost up. Receive, I praise you, the law and instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. Now, two things. Receive the law and the instruction from his mouth. That law is not the law that you, 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 you don't like to hear about. You know, we don't like to hear anything about law. The law has passed. Lord, they didn't pass anywhere. Bishop, they said the law has ended. The law did not end. They said we shouldn't do the law. You have been doing the law this while. By following Christ. The law and the prophets find expression in Christ Jesus. It happened on the Mount of Transfiguration. The law represented by who? Moses. And what again? The prophets by who? Elijah. Those two dispensations that are the major part of the Old Testament came to submit to Christ. And the Bible says all the prophecies, they are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So when you walk with him, you are walking in the spirit of the law. The law was a schoolmaster leading you to fulfillment. And that is in Christ. There is nothing that Christ taught or did that was against the law. What he said that you didn't understand, sorry, not just you, is that he was talking about the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law. He drew our attention to that one. It had been said, that you shouldn't, you shouldn't kill. But I say if you get angry against your brother, you have killed him. Don't commit adultery. But when you see a woman and then you yearn after her, you have already committed it. Are you seeing that one? Now, it's not more serious than just going to commit. He said you saw a woman passing and you look at the woman and say, Hey, this one. It's at the kind of specs that I want. 
you have slept with that woman, you have, you have removed her dress and you've had an encounter with the woman as she's going. When they catch I didn't do it. If I have not even touched him, you touch him with your heart. In your anger, you kill people. Yeah, if you hate somebody that much, the conclusion is that you wish the person dies. You have not spoken it, but that's what it means. You hate the person. You cannot, you, you, you don't want to see that person. And the person is also around you. So what should happen? Should he travel? If he travels to Europe, you may go to Europe and one day you, shall, you will meet him. But there's a place you will travel to that you will not meet him. The cemetery. That's what you are saying in essence. It's that deep. The law and instruction that comes from the mouth of God. He said, lay up his words in your heart. Lay up his words in your heart. And you see the reference that is given to it to help us understand better. That's Psalm 119 verse 11. How can a young man keep his way right? Can you go there? Let us see it. You are not an idiot when you follow God's word. You are wise. You are what? Wise. You are not an idiot. So your word have I laid in my heart that I might not sin against you. What have I kept in my heart? Your word. But when it is in your heart, it conditions your heart against a particular action. So when that springs up, then what is in your heart also springs up. The Lord shall raise a standard. So a standard is raised in your heart against that thing because it is in your heart. It sounds an alarm on your inside. Don't go there. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. Stop. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. What is in your heart? Hatred. Yeah. Can we go on? The next, the next, the next verse. If you return to the Almighty and submit and humble yourself before him, he will build you up. You will be built up by God himself. If you put away unrighteousness <laughs> far from your tent, unrighteousness is not necessarily sinning. That you, you stole somebody's item. Unrighteousness is that you have a righteousness that stands against God's righteousness. Unrighteousness. If you put away unrighteousness far from your tents, unrighteousness is you presenting another righteousness that wars against God's righteousness. I think it is in um, somewhere in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 20 or 620, it talks about your righteousness must be better, higher, greater than the righteousness of the Pharisees. There's something there like that. If your righteousness does not exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and scribes, is that you have no business with heaven. 
So don't tell me I don't drink. Don't tell me I don't humanize. Don't tell me I've not stolen before. We are asking, is God's righteousness what you are operating by? Or you have your own God in your inside? You are a God unto yourself. That people must worship. If you can lay that one aside. Far from your tent. Yes, go ahead. If you lay gold in the dust, the King James does not help us much in this verse. If you lay gold in the dust, what is the meaning? And the gold of Ophir, that's the best I can think about among the stones of the brook. Considering them of little worth. Of what? The gold that people are dying for. If you can consider them of little worth as compared to what God can give to you. If you throw them into the dust to make them lose significance. If you can lay your gold somewhere. Yesterday on Tuesday when you were talking, you got to a point of not respecting money. And I remembered some years ago, in 1991 or thereabout, um, our bishop, John Praise, while he was teaching along that line, just brought out one note. That was the best note. I do a 15 naira at that time. I brought out and tore it into two. And he said, you must overcome this one. You must overcome this money. I got offended anyway. It was against the law. I got offended personally. And I know the bishop wasn't happy with him. But after that one, it took time before he brought him back to that place. All he wanted to show was that this is nothing as compared to what God you know, seeks to give to you. So he tore that thing. Don't be a slave to this money. He tore it. He could have been arrested. If not for certain influences, he could have been arrested. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a war against the state. What is state property? When it is dirty, return it to where it came from. You have no business tearing that thing. If we are very serious, all these women that, sorry, 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 don't be offended. The market women and the market men who squeeze, they squeeze the money like that, squeeze and push, when they bring it out, you'll be wondering what is happening. If you have counted church money before, you will see things. What you give is even better because you push that envelope. We see money that has traveled. If the money has traveled. The note has traveled. Gone to places. Came in tired and haggard. Arranging the thing you've got to be very cautious before you tell it. <laughs> it is men. That's not like that. If you can put the money down in the dust. Making lose significance. And then hacking on to God. And expect what God can give to you. If you can do that, there is nothing you cannot give to God. We value money too much. If I don't get that one, I will die. You are wasting my time. If you want to die, die. Just stop announcing it. Praise God. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Now, when you lay the thing down in the dust and you make the Almighty your gold, you make who? The Almighty your gold. And the Lord, your precious silver treasure. Then. Then. You will have delight in the Almighty. And you will lift up your face to God. If you can throw the gold that men are fighting for. 
When I answered a call up to ministry, some of my brothers, Ghanaians, with me in Nigeria, they came appealing to me not to resign from what the work we were doing. So we came here to look for gold. We came to look for money. How can you, how much would they pay you? I said, you don't understand. I came to look for gold, but I become gold. I become what? Gold. I said, very soon, you'll be coming to me one after the other for help. And it happened. You must place value on your God. Make God your gold. Let him be the one that is so valuable to you. Not the money you hold. The money is good. The blessing came from God himself. But it does not take the place of God. Make God your gold. If you make God your God, then you will take delight in him. You have delight in your God. And then you will lift up your face to God in every situation. What are we saying here? Accept the instructions he gives to you. Place value on your God much more than the money. Many of us cannot give out anything. When it comes to giving, it is what we don't like that we give. What we don't like. Beginning from the amount to the nature and texture of the note. Some of you will give very dirty notes. The one that is torn. I'm talking from experience of things that we have seen. Like uh, John said, the things we have seen and we have handled. The money is torn. Do you know that some people breach the money, the torn notes, you know, and, and you, they, they, they lose, the thing loses its position as money because they tore the thing, one part goes there, another part comes here, and it's not money again. And they lace it up. Just swap it to make money. And they come to give it to God. Something they can't take to Mokola Market and risk being arrested. Risk the woman pouring urine on him. He will bring it to church and dance to the altar and put it there. He is giving to the God he does not have respect for. Make God your gold. Then you will be able to take delight in this God to walk with your head up. Always looking unto God. He's able to make all good and grace abound unto me. Finally, one young man listening to the instructions of God and his destiny changed. Find that one in chapter 26 of Genesis. Sorry about who? About who? Isaac. Everybody was running. They were going to Egypt. Because the, 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 the fortunes there were better. Because the river Nile. The land where in, on which they were, the land had become so parched. Because of famine. The earth had caked, could not produce again. They were running, desperately running, as if God had moved camp from that place to Egypt. And God said, you are a son of the covenant. You are what? A son of the covenant. And you 
are sons and daughters of the covenant. What happens to them shouldn't happen to you. When they are panicked or they are panicking, don't panic. When they are running helter-skelter, don't join them because your case is different. What does I say? Say, my case is different. Now, God, don't go. He says, stay on this land and I'm going to bless you. You don't like that one? Don't go. The little grains that you have, sow. Put the grains into this earth, the parched earth, and I'm going to bless you. Isaac listened to God. As we saw, we were reading early on, he listened to God. He paid attention to God and chose to obey him. And you know the story. Okay? He said, dwell temporarily in this land and I will be with you and will favor you with blessings. For to you and to your descendants I will give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. Your destiny is in the oath that God swore with your father. The things that God promised Jesus If you go and give your life for these people, I'm going to make them my own children. And they will be co-heads, join heads with you and join the things that belong to me. That has not changed. That is the same thing he was saying that young man. He said, I swore to give your father Abraham this land and his descendants and you are the one that I'm going to challenge this one through. Don't go to Egypt. It's a cursed land. Stay here. I'm going to bless you here in this land. And then go on and read it. Let's see something that happened in verse 12. Then Isaac sowed. Let's read that together. Then Isaac sowed seed in that land and received in the same year a hundred times as much as he had planted. And the Lord favored him with blessings. Now look at the two dimensions of the blessing. After he sowed, listening to what God said, obedience. The issue is obedience, instructions and obedience on your path to to a prosperous life. Now, sow. Sow seed here in that land and received. He sowed there and the same year, he got a hundredfold, hundred times as much as he had planted, and the Lord blessed or favored him with blessings. So he got he got his seed, the fruit back in abundance, and God favored him with blessings, diverse blessings. And the man became great. Go ahead. And the man became great and gained more and more until he became very wealthy and distinguished. Don't like this one? Why are you making your stomach take away every seed that you have? That if I don't eat, I will die. That's the Cain spirit. I will die. If I don't eat, I will die. And he went on to sell his birthright. Many of us, we are selling our birthrights. But we think if there's no money, we cannot live. 
Where is the money? We were told from Revelation chapter 3 on Tuesday when pastor was teaching. You say that you are rich. But in my eyes, you are not even poor. You are worse than poverty. How much can the world give to you in comparison with what God has already given to you and what he will give? He prospered in his business and God kept on blessing him. He became great and gained more and more until he became very wealthy and distinguished to the point that a whole nation, a whole nation entered into a pact with him. Man of influence and affluence. A nation came to sit down with him to make a covenant. They knew his capacity. He could consume the entire nation. One man. They let us enter into a pact. You won't touch us, we won't touch you. <laughs> you will not touch us, we will not touch you. Let's live here. They did everything they wanted to do, but he was marked for blessing. Every well that he dug, they covered it. And he kept on digging. He kept on digging. Where you are sitting now, where your feet are, you are, you are sitting on a well of abundance. It's time for you to dig that well where you are sitting. If you don't give up, you will get to Rehoboth very soon. Don't give up. Keep on pressing. There is a bright light in your clouds. The clouds cannot consume you. You are carrying the light of dominion. Work with it. Shine from strength to strength. And go forth and become a testimony. Rise to your feet. Lift your voice and bless the name of the Lord. Bless his name. Bless his name. Adore him. Adore him. Worship him.